0: of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Carrie Egan is a hospice chaplain, and she wrote a book called On Living, which are stories from her dying patients, stories of their lives that they wanted us to know. Gloria was an older woman as she was dying, and she recalls her early life to Carrie. She didn't really understand how babies were made, and when she was 19, found herself pregnant. Her parents sent her to a home for unwed mothers in Charleston, South Carolina, where she lived for six months before giving birth to her son. After she gave birth to him, she left and went back home with her parents, leaving the son to be adopted. When she got back home, she realized she'd made a terrible mistake. She had to have her son. She had to get him back. So she called up the home and she spoke to Ruth, the social worker who said, I'm sorry, that's it. He's better off anyway with an adoptive family. He needs stability in his life. But Gloria was determined. She kept talking and begging and trying to see how she could get her son back, and it turns out that she could get him back if only she could pay for all the expenses, the six months that she had stayed there, the doctor's expenses, the birthing expenses, and now the care of her son. And somehow she managed to scrape together the money, and her grandmother drove her to Charleston to get her son back. But he never knew this story. He never knew that the man that his mother married two years later, the angry and unhappy man, was not his father. He never knew that she loved him so much she went back for him. She never knew, he never knew how much she sacrificed for him, his commu- her community, her education, her family, her marriage prospects for him. He never knew. And she couldn't tell him. She was too afraid. She was afraid the social worker might be right, that he would rather have been adopted by somebody else, that he needed a different family, that he wished she hadn't come back for him. But even as she tells Carrie these fears, she also speaks of her love. I loved him so much. I hadn't even met him. She says, can you, isn't it amazing? Can you believe it that you can love someone so much that you will give up everything, your whole life for him? I want him to know that I love him not because of who he is, but because he is. But she couldn't imagine telling him. She couldn't imagine because she was in a dark place. These secrets were held in the darkness in her heart. And it's the same darkness we read about in today's gospel reading from John. The same darkness. This is the second part of the Nicodemus story. Nicodemus has come to see Jesus. Nicodemus is a Pharisee who comes in the darkness to see Jesus, find out who he is, what is this new birth that he is offering. And Nicodemus leaves in the darkness because he doesn't quite understand and isn't ready to understand the rebirth that Jesus is offering him. And Gloria is in the darkness too. And in her dark place, the dark space where she holds these secrets, she has her secret fear that she's not enough for her son, and never was. The secret shame that she gave birth to this child the way that she did, this confusion about how to tell him, what to tell him, as she lies dying. That's her darkness, and she is judging and condemning herself about this darkness, in this darkness. Those words condemn and judge are in our gospel reading as well. And they, we have two different words, translations for the one word that is in the Greek. The Greek word is krine, which means to condemn or judge, but it is also related to the word. It's the verb of the noun krisis in Greek, which is the root word of our word crisis. So if you read all the verses that say condemn or judge as in crisis or a form of crisis, it begins to change the reading. Let's pick one verse. And this is the crisis, that the light has come into the world, but the people loved darkness more than the light. And we do sometimes. We do prefer the darkness. We hide things in those dark places because We don't necessarily want people to know we don't have it all together, that we're not perfect, that this pandemic's been a whole lot harder than we would like to admit. In our dark places, maybe we have something big like Gloria. Maybe we have other fears, the fears of not being enough, the shame of a decision we made at one point or circumstances beyond our control, like our upbringing. Maybe we have confusion about our marriage or our singleness or where God fits into our lives, and we hold those close because we don't want other people to know. But by holding them close, we hold them away from God and don't let the light in. We are complicated people that way. We share so much sometimes and so little, even with God. And that's a crisis to be withholding secrets in the darkness away from the light of Christ. And the light of Christ is there to shine on our darkness, to shine God's purpose of justice and mercy and love and compassion and peace onto our lives and draw us out of the darkness. And it is a crisis when we can't let that happen. But the light will find us. The light of Christ will find us as it found Gloria. So she tells all this to Carrie, and she says, Carrie, I want you to tell my son for me, his story. Carrie says rightly, I think that's for you to tell, Gloria. Oh, no, no, I can't do that. A week later, Carrie came back, and Gloria said, okay, I've got an idea. You will tell him, and I will sit next to you while you're on the phone. It's like I'm in the conversation. And Carrie says, hmm. Three or four days later, they meet again, and Gloria says, okay, okay, I will tell him on the phone, and I want you sitting right next to me so that I, you can give me support. Hmm, says Carrie. Carrie returned a week later, and Gloria had already told her son. What changed? How did Gloria move from darkness into the light? How did the light of Christ find her? Well, she's vulnerable in those last days before she dies, the last weeks and months. She's vulnerable, that's one thing. And in that vulnerability, she could see that her love for her son was greater than her fears. Her love was greater than her fears. And this is where I come to John 3.16. I'm sure you all have been wondering how this good cradle Episcopalian was going to deal with this verse. And maybe you heard echoes of Gloria's statement about how much she loved her son. In this verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever may believe in him may not perish but may have eternal life. This gift, this love is what, how we love, how we know to love through God's love for us that he exhibited by giving Jesus Christ to us who died for us, lived and died and rose again for us. This is the gift. This is the love lived out. This is Refreshment Sunday, Laetare Sunday. It's a moment when we step away from the heaviness of Lent and live into the light of this gift of Jesus Christ to us. And the right response to this gift, this love that God has for us, is belief. That's what God wants from us. But it's tough. Belief is tough. I understand that. And in the Gospel of John, belief is always the verb, to believe. It's active. And it has this meaning of trust, to trust in this love, to trust in God's power, presence, and love in our lives, to trust in the transformation that Jesus is offering us in the rebirth that we're being offered this saving love. And Gloria trusted. She trusted her love, the love that was God in her, moving through her to her son. We are all vessels of that love in our own lives. Gloria is that vessel for her son. She trusted that her love would hold them both and overcome her fears. And in doing so, in telling her son and overcoming her fear with the love that God has offered her, she begins to understand the eternal life that comes from this trust, this trust in Jesus. She begins to understand that eternal life is here and now. That's one of the messages from the Gospel of John. Eternal life is what happens after the transformation. It's part of that rebirth that we are offered in the saving grace and saving love of Jesus Christ. This is where John 3.16 is not complete without John 3.17. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Eternal life is about being saved, not judged. Eternal life is about coming out from the darkness into the light, moving from crisis to love, from judgment to trust, from letting the light shine And whatever those dark secrets of fears and despairs and hopes and desires and confusions that we hold in our dark spaces. That's the eternal life. That is what saves us. Given to us through the love of Jesus. It's a big ask, though, to open up that dark place. But I want you to think about your dark places, wherever they may be in your lives. The big things, the little things, those that you hold in secret, even from God. And imagine God's light shining on them in your heart, in your dark place. Imagine the rebirth that comes for you when you trust fully in Jesus the Son Carrie asked Gloria about the conversation with her son. How did it go? And Gloria had no words. She just smiled and then cried and began to laugh. May Gloria rest in peace, and may all of us rest in the peace that comes when we trust in the saving love of Jesus Christ. Amen.